0: the group of people that you're going to be playing with for the next year or two a session zero it's called a right. session zero so session zero is about figuring out what characters you're going to play okay the tone of the
1: campaign oh so you're just like establishing you're kind of like the setting, yeah you're setting like rules you're basically asking them to be your girlfriend and you're kind of just defining the relationship
0: very much well put yes you're defining okay.
1: the relationship so, the, so these what are, I'm asking these you to do here, my yeah. girlfriend can understand. We, for and you, and I,
0: sir, need to set some terms with each other if we're gonna like, play around in this venture.
1: All right, I can do that.
0: Yeah. So my thought initially, as it were, was Arts Beats and Eats.
1: That's arts, a thing eats, that they do eats. in Detroit. Okay.
0: Every summer, it's a week long. And I feel like those three things kind of define what it is to lean into a city. That is fair. You know what I mean? Like, how do you appreciate the arts, the music, and the food that a city has to offer you? Sure. And it just so happens that I, over the past two, three days, have scoured the internet. And there's not a fucking single podcast or... Really much of anything beyond the New Times that has that
1: from The Phoenix New Times.
0: Yeah. Nothing does also that Also owns Phoenix. the Dallas
1: Observer, which does similar things. Do they really? I'm pretty sure they're owned by the same company. Go on. And there's, there's some bad... There's some really shady shit with their, their organization. Because they were... <laughs> oh, really? Have you not heard of this? No. Okay. So, I would have to look at uh, more detail... But their owners were accused of basically being party to human trafficking. What? Through advertisement. I forget if it was Are you... through the magazine itself, Phoenix New Times, or if it was their website. Or if they had like some sort of like business endeavor with a website. And just because they're owners of this, it kind of just got clumped in with each
0: I, other. I wouldn't be surprised based on some of the advertisements I've seen in the New Times. I mean, there's some shady
1: ass shit advertising. It's like time. Craigslist, you know. Like, who yeah. uses Craigslist anymore? And like, Craigslist Cross- basically I eliminated. Mean, I mean, right. Like, yeah. I mean, it's not like beyond our comprehension that this could be going on. But I've had some friends that
0: have made some really great roommates through Craigslist. I've also known some friends who have found some really great prostitutes through Craigslist.
1: <laughs> These are stories <laughs> I
0: want to hear. About.
1: This is how we introduce our. Exactly, dude! This is a session zero. This is session zero. Yeah. Okay, I'm fair by that. Yeah. That sounds like good terms. It seems appropriate. Apropos. Apropos? How Mm. very apropos. How
0: very apropos.
1: Oh, on that, though, my former news director used the term apropos all the time. Like, in the news? He had, no, because he was never. Tell me I wasn't part of, like, the, like, he was a guy that constantly held meetings just for the hell of having meetings.
0: <laughs>
1: Do you know what I'm talking about? It's just yeah. Like, it was never anything that actually needed to be resolved outside of just the, hey, this is something we've got on the calendar every single day.
0: My favorite thing ever that came out of like the anti-work movement that happened over the past like two, three years Sure, were people that were just like, hey, meetings are dumb. Yeah. My meetings are a huge waste of fucking time.
1: We finally learned this could have been...
0: This meeting could have been email. 15 minutes at the most. Most of the time, yes, an email would have sufficed. Right. Let's not fucking waste our time on this.
1: We're very apropos. It's extremely apropos. <laughs> that was his thing, dude. You would say the term all the time. I forget. It's been a minute since I worked he with felt so sure He felt so sure himself. Use, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Like, I felt... You know, it's kind of like when I use a word where I'm just like, oh, that's a really cool word to use. Okay. You know, like the moment you learn the word fuck, then it just becomes part of like your vernacular. Fuck fuck, be fuck, fuck, fuck. Yeah. fuck. Fuck fuck, fuck. No. Right? You know, the moment you learn it, you're just like, wow, I can start using that in sentences. Nice. But sense. you know, that one's a little more like nuanced culture, right? Apropos is like one of those you throw into, I feel as if like a power move. <laughs> like you throw it into. <laughs> Explain to people that you have this understanding and comprehension of reading, or want to throw in a big word that says, yeah, I'm intelligent. But in, in a lot of cases, you throw in words like this, and it's just like, it doesn't come across the way you think I feel like
0: that's the kind of people that like pretend like they know French. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, like, yeah.
1: Right. It's a je ne
0: sais quoi. Like, motherfucker, you learned that from Austin Powers, okay? Right. You don't know French. Don't throw it apropos say, at je me. je ne sais quoi or yeah. je ne sais pas? Je ne sais quoi. Is that what it is? Je ne sais quoi? Is just, dude, you know what? I'm the first who's willing to admit it. I don't know. It could be je ne sais quoi. And I don't fucking care
1: if I'm wrong. <laughs> How very Detroit of you. Yeah. <laughs> just like, nope. De- eh, eh, I'm he's sorry, wrong. that's Detroit. 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 Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jeez. <laughs> dude, and I, I still can't even believe how bad I was taking French so did you actually take
0: French? yeah I
1: took it in college dude
0: I took four years of French in high school my fourth year was fucking AP French this is a true story and I had like seven APs that year of which I got like mostly fours and fives but French AP I got a one (laughs) And, like... Talk about Genesis
1: ne Yeah, dude, I went into that AP
0: with no... Like, I just knew that there was something I had to, like... I'm gonna fuck this up. And I went into it, and apparently they, like, record you. During the test. And I, like... I, I knew how to, like, read it. And I kinda knew how to write it. But I didn't know how to speak it. And as soon as they started recording me, my ass was just like... Like, I fell apart. It was atrocious. I'm sure. It was
1: so embarrassing. Maybe
0: one of the worst moments of my entire life.
1: (laughs) I could see that. (laughs) But, like, in Detroit, that's kind of like... I grew up in Texas. So we learned Spanish as our secondary language. But having Canadian cousins... You know, they learned French as their second language. And okay. they they okay. took it from, like, I, their equivalent of third grade. I, I forget if they call it third grade. I sound so ignorant right now. Third grade equivalent no, of what sub-graded. they call it. What it maybe they might call it grade three. You know, something, like, very, like, you know, paralleled and backwards compared to how we call it. But they learned French because that was more pertinent to where they live. Obviously, that's a national language up there. Honestly, that's why I chose French. It felt, at the time,
0: more pertinent to where I lived. Sure. In hindsight, hindsight is twenty twenty. really wish I would have learned Spanish. And not just because, like, it's because the French program in my high school was so marginalized and small and stupid. Okay. That, like, it... I wasn't going to get anything out of it. Sure. Honestly, the reason I excelled most in high school... Because I was kind of the crazy fuck that, like, was just super competitive with everybody. And if I would have had that in Spanish, mm-hmm. then I would have excelled better. Because I would have been, like, against other cats that I knew in high right. school. You know what I mean? Instead of, like, the fucking nerds that I was in class with in French. We're, I didn't care. Kind of we're just
1: more buddies. Than yeah, at that point was I was just like, like, just like, like all right, yeah. Class.
0: These are these guys that I'm in French class with. I don't care. Whereas if I was in Spanish class with, like, another person that was in, like, student council with me or some shit, I'd be like, I have to be the one that does better than that.
1: So it's all a power move for you. A hundred
0: percent at the
1: time. At the time.
0: No, I'm a lazy piece of shit.
1: That doesn't know French. Or Spanish.
0: Or Greek, for that matter. Takanis. Kala.
1: Okay, we took a little Greek, because I went to a very conservative Christian high school, so it was... Wait, tell me about your high
0: school. I feel like... Okay, I'm not even for the, like, not even for this. Dude, I went to an all-boys
1: Catholic school, and you've never explained to me, like, the school you went to. I think, in some ways, people might interpret it, a hair as a cult. But, (laughs) you know, I think that is just a very, like... Radical. I, I don't even know how to say it. talk about genocide. Like genocide quoi? sais quoi? Je ne, sais quoi. Je ne sais pas. <laughs> It was it was an experience. So it kind of it started out when we moved from Texas to Salt Lake City. My parents were so fearful that I would convert to Mormonism in a public school that they put me into a Catholic school.
0: Your parents were fearful that you would convert to Mormonism.
1: I think a realtor or somebody—I I think they were just very—they didn't want the influence, or you know, maybe they just wanted. Hey, me to have you're the fucking with me because I thought you grew up Mormon. Dude, everybody thinks that. I—I I, I literally, you know, back in my drinking days, and certainly, I mean, everybody knows I'm an addict. Like, you know, back in those days, I mean, I'd be doing like the most illicit wrong shit possible, and they'd still come up to me afterwards and they'd be like, "Hey, I just wanna like, you say from Salt Lake City, are you Mormon?" And I'm like, man, I must be the worst one you've ever met. This is this is a really great example, isn't it? Or they're just not. They're not I don't know, dude. I don't know why that's so funny. So yeah,
0: I know for real though. I for some reason I always thought you
1: came from that. I mean, I think there are striking similarities in, in, in ways that so who grow up without the presence of. Like a dominant religion in their their household. Did you not? No, I did. You know. But what it, was your dominant religion? I, I mean, to put it in a certain denomination would be a little trivial because, like, I was confirmed in the Methodist Church. My mom grew up, I believe, Episcopalian, and then the church that my parents currently go to is actually associated with the Southern Baptist Convention. But I would, and, and I'll, I'll definitely kind of come to their their court here, like it's not like Westboro Baptist. It's not like the radical radical. I would I would very much consider it in the evangelical stage uh, of things, which is kind of the more like born again type Christianity. And I think it kind of took its, its twists and turns me growing up where my parents were kind of figuring that out themselves, kind of what they liked and what they believed. And then also, you know, me kind of trying to figure it out. I think they were trying to kind of You know, help me, guide me towards a certain space like that. So when we moved to Salt Lake City, I think a lot of their fear was that I would go to a school where Mormonism, I would Mm basically be the token Mm non-Mormon and I would be influenced in a way that I think they were not okay with. So I ended up going to Catholic school for three months. They did not like that. I had a lot of struggles personally. My sisters did fine. They were younger than I was. Um, but then I transferred very quickly over to this school uh, that is associated with the evangelical church. Uh, and, yeah, it was it was nuts, dude. <laughs> like, I, uh, I did have a modified dress code, so it wasn't, like, strictly uniforms. But, like, I couldn't wear logos of anything. It had to be less than a quarter. And, I mean, like, I'm wearing a Playboy logo right now. That would not fly. Uh, not in the slightest. Um, you
0: have no idea. I used to have to, like... My hair couldn't touch my ears or the back of my collar.
1: <laughs> I remember that rule. Hair couldn't touch the back of the collar no. at Catholic school. No. I, I think they got a little more lax as the years went on because my family became very close to the school. And I
0: feel like that definitely was a thing. Like if you if you donated to the school, if you were big with the school, like you could get away with more. And that's kind of like the culture of private
1: school. It was like it's private. Well, you. Did I ever tell you how I basically my mom saved my like entire future? Like my ass was on the line and my mom because she was on the school board probably nope. saved my entire nope. future. No, let's hear it. Like, I got caught cheating in high school. My friend and I literally took a keyboard, put the plug in the back of the teacher's computer during class and changed our grades because she put them in wrong. We were basically on the chopping block for not being able to play basketball. So we went and changed them to what they were. They found out that we were cheating, and then went in and found all the grades that had been changed from previous settings. And here's here's the kicker: was again, you know, we did this to where the grades were legitimate to where we've been scored, and they just hadn't. The teacher hadn't updated. <laughs> the teacher. This wait. First of the all, the teacher most at fault. This zero session is definitely going to be. So she couldn't dispute. You're going to have to pay grades. extra for this one. Oh yeah. <laughs> so. When all of this came to a head, it was – first of all, the daughter of um, the, school, the high school secretary is the one that turned us in oh, because she shit. heard from her daughter who was in our class. And then my mom on the school board was the one who said, okay, yeah, we'll suspend them a few days, but they're not, they're not expelled. And so I had to come up with like this big um, presentation to the high school principal and the high school vice uh, principal – and basically say, like, why we're not going to do this again. But also, this was kind of towards the tail end of a, a school year. In a way, there were probably, like, two, months, two three months left in school. So before the beginning of the next school year, we had to go in while all the teachers were meeting and everything. My friend and I had to present to all of them and just say, like, okay, here's all the influences on why we did this and why what you need to keep an eye out for as, you know, you're trying to eliminate cheating within your – your your, uh, your classrooms. And so that w- that was an ordeal. But you're right. If my mom had not been on school board, I don't know where I'd be right now. Dude, okay. So, there was this...
0: Okay.
1: I can't believe
0: I'm saying this while I'm being recorded. There was this thing in my school where if you were part of student council, we ran the dances. And we all would just collect the money at the front of the dances and just... Slept 20s up our sleeves all night. And, okay. like, walk out of there with probably two, three grand for the four of us. Jeez. And split it between us. Okay. Which still looked like we were making the right amount of money for those student dances. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, our student council dances were stupid. Sure. Populated.
1: Because it was an
0: all-boys Catholic school, but girls from any school could come. And it was a bunch of rich boys. So girls from any public school would just... Block right. for these dances. Just look into like marry up at the age of 16.
1: That, that sounds like where I grew up. You but know what I mean? It didn't take private schools to do that. <laughs> yeah. No. Was, this was Detroit, okay? Okay. There was a lot of desperation to marry up at that yeah. point. Okay, but it wasn't quite 8 mile. No, it's was 12 mile. 12 mile. Okay, that's close. It's about 4 miles away. Oh, wow. That makes sense. <laughs>
0: Did you just really ask me if that's close? I don't know. <laughs> anyway. You know,
1: it's, it's, it's like, you know, on, on grid system, master, well, master plan communities, like Phoenix, Salt Lake City, San Luis Obispo, all around kind of this grid, right? San Luis Obispo? You're talking about California? Yeah. I love that place. Yeah. I, I want to say I was just there for the first time ever. Holy shit, the best Greek food I've ever had. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. The one small thing I know about them, now, well, I guess two now because I know Greek food. But I know that they, like, had this ultimate master plan where they started in the center and they knew how to grow out from that center in a very that. smart way.
0: Based on the downtown that I went to, it seems like that kind of city. Like, everything you could find within two square mile radius. But. Sure. But the, the Postal Service, two key restaurants, a hotel. Like it just seemed like like that in and of itself could be a city, and then there was a little bit more, a little bit more, oh. a little bit. Sorry, I shouldn't do that. Anyway, um, what was I talking about? Oh, the oh my god, oh my god. So, I'm in high school and we are dumb in my grade, like really dumb, <laughs> like, excessively dumb. And we decide that we want to take this model that we have that has been passed on from generation to generation and just expanded that way too much to so many other people. So we're doing one of these events that's like one of the Christian Mothers organization things, right? And they're doing a 50-50 kind of deal. But there's just too many people that are stealing from the pot. And we get caught. I don't know. And I was the only motherfucker that just kept denying it. Like, 14 people got suspended. Like, multiple dudes that were on student with me, and they all hated me that I wouldn't admit to it. Oh, really? And, like, I had our president of the school, the principal, pull me out of class one day and just, like, scream in my face, threatening me, like, I know you were involved. And I was just, I almost passed out because I was so scared. But I wouldn't now admit I know to it.
1: where your resolve comes from. Yeah, it was birthed in high school from fuck student council. You motherfucker! I'm not going to admit <laughs> to that shit. I got a
0: full ride to college. Are you kidding me? Right. Yeah. Eat what a bag you of that? dicks, dude. I'm going to be the coolest kid that's ever come out of this school. I wasn't, but like, fuck you. So dude. who was that? Oh my god, we've had like NFL football. There's a dude who was on the um, the what's it called? Kansas City Chiefs from my high school who just won the Super Bowl this year.
1: Oh, really?
0: Yeah. I'm trying to think, people from Detroit. De La Do You know, De LaSalle High School was the uh, high school that won, like, they twenty fucking seasons in a row. They had like unbeaten seasons up in Washington. That was that high school that just never lost. Okay. You not familiar with that? No. Google it, motherfucker.
1: It's a real thing. Well, so I moved away from Texas before I had the full um, Friday Night Lights experience, <laughs> and then my high school in Salt Lake City did not have yeah. football. So, as much as I enjoy my Dallas Cowboys, I, and I certainly enjoy my TCU Horn Frogs, like I never really had like the high school football. Thing down and to me like even going back to any like What's, high school did sport, you play any clear. sports besides basketball baseball basketball golf speech and debate and that's just oh were you a
0: speech and debate kid
1: i was damn good I tried let's
0: fucking go dude so okay if i may my speech and debate thing in high school was impromptu Ooh. so we would be given a topic and you could either choose to go first or choose to go second. Mm-hmm. If you went first, you had five minutes. You had to put your thoughts together and you had to go. Fill two and a half minutes with your thesis, right? If you went second, you still had five minutes, but you
1: had to respond to the person who went first, right? So kind of like hit. battle so rapping. Kind of like battle rapping. Your right? sleeve, but also be able to attack at the same time. So yeah. you're nimble, yeah.
0: So it depended on the topic, but you never knew the topic first, right?
1: Well, so to I can relate because I was pretty damn good at spar. What's kind spar? of similar. So it was a, 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 another similar thing where you it, – it, it's really rapid fire. It was like 10 minutes total. So you get up. You uh, establish who's going to be Af and Neg. And mm. then who uh, – somebody gets to choose – from like a list of like three topics, what what's going to go.
0: Oh, um, yeah. And yeah, then you yeah, get a yeah.
1: minute's worth of prep, and then I think it was the affirmative had to go for two minutes, the negative goes for two minutes, then you do like a minute crossfire.
0: See, we didn't do the minute crossfire, but that was I, was I feel like at. that would
1: be sick. That was what I was best at. Because I would just hey, keep on flipping words Do we do this time. right now? What? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, what do we do? All right, wait, okay.
0: All right, uh, you pick a topic, then I pick a topic. And just whoever wants to go first goes first.
1: It's that time in Arts, Eats, and Beats where we want to give a shout out to one of our sponsors. It's called 10 p.m., 10 p.m. is that time of night when you and your significant other lose all memory and especially where you left the TV remote when you want to watch Netflix or Hulu or whatever streaming service you agreed on. The two of you just lost the remote and now you can't watch. It's an exhilarating experience of frustration and honestly kind of a fun data idea to work together and put the clues together with classic lines like, well, where did you put it last? And have you tried lifting your side of the sheets? I cannot recommend 10 p.m. anymore. It's classic cognition meets the end of the day grind to a halt. Honestly, I don't know what we were just talking about, right. but we are getting All ready right. for a debate. We were getting ready for a debate. Um,
0: let's think of a good topic for a debate. Well, on the topic of arts, eats, and beats. That's what... Th- tell me, that's not what we should do.
1: I think that that's exactly what locally? we do. like. Locally? Nationally?
0: I feel like we start locally. We expand nationally. But I feel like locally we're sorely lacking that. We're the fifth largest fucking county in America, the fifth largest city in America, and we sorely lack a scene. We have a bunch of like segmented scenes and no no There's like cohesiveness.
1: Culture. yeah. yeah.
0: There's no cohesiveness, but we're all a bunch of people that would get along with each other, and that's clear just based on the Not if you watch
1: the news. Who hurt you, Hayes? Oh, the news did.
0: Uh (laughs) (laughs) Alright, alright, Hayes. Alright, that's the topic. Hayes. Alright, you have two minutes on the clock. You want me to go get you a pen and paper? I'll give it to you.
1: No, it's fine. I can think of it in my All right, two minutes on the clock. Does Arizona have culture?
0: No, 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 fuck that. Does local news bring value to the table? Yes or no? Alright, you got two minutes. Then you can put your thoughts together got uh, two minutes to fill after that with said thoughts. It's going to be a little
1: hard for me not to sound a little jaded, I guess, in a way. I but.
0: will imagine which side of the debate that I'm going to take. I think I know which one it will be. You choose. No, you choose. I choose? Yeah. I'll go F. No, no, no. You don't tell me. I have to hear what? it. What? Yeah. All right. You do your two minutes, and then I have two minutes after that to put my thoughts together, and I have two minutes to expel my thoughts.
1: And then we're just going to cross-examine each other. and then I mean, after that, dude, you're fucking off, dude. You're almost at a minute. And then you talk for another two minutes. So you do, ch- okay, after, I, after this two minutes, statement.
0: then you speak for two minutes. Okay. Then I have two minutes to put my thoughts together. Then I put my thoughts out for two minutes.
1: Okay, I'm fine by that. And then
0: at that point, we debate. Okay. You got one minute. All right, count me down. All right, bitch. The topic again being the value of local news. And you can go anywhere with that. Get creative. Oh I will. I will. I, I don't doubt that you will. Twenty seconds. No no tools. Put that phone away. I'm talking on myself too. Oh okay. Alright, five, four, three, two, one,
1: go. Fuck news. Fuck everybody in it, and fuck the moral sensation that encompasses everything news, right? The whole problem with local news nowadays is that everybody has their own ego, yet they try to communicate to everybody else that there is absolutely no ego in news. That's the fucking wrongest thing you've ever heard in your entire life. Despite all of that, if you were to put everybody's ego aside, every single news director that has some sort of guidance, some sort of strategy, every reporter who's going to find people that he's comfortable with or comfortable with reaching out to, and then also producers that are able to put all that stuff together. Hell, you could even go as far as newspapers and say all the writers and the editors involved in that process, If you were put all of their ego aside, all of their fault lines, all of these backgrounds that they've had that have built them into this person that comes into local news and decides to tell a story, you would have ultimate value. You would have the ultimate newsroom of these voices matter. And from even just a national standpoint, those people rely on local news to feed into how they tell stories. So it's not like local news has little value, they have a lot of value. Everything that they do contributes to a national picture. And ultimately, if you look at it from a, hey, I'm looking for information, I'm looking for good storytelling, I wanna engage with people, local news is the best way to do that. The best way that you can go and search for yourself, despite all of the issues that we're having, is the fact that you can decide for yourself. And that's what people, I feel like, tend to fall on, is that national news, local news tend to focus on specific things. But it is up to you. The person that listens to news, that goes out and seeks out good news, seeks out truth, seeks out your own way of listening to things, that's the ultimate thing that you need to do. That's the value in it. You need to value yourself. You need to value your information. and You need to value how you come to a conclusion yourself. Hell yeah. All right. All right. Give me two minutes. Put me on the clock. All right. You got two. All right. Let's go. I see you writing this
0: down. <laughs> that was
1: so terrible. i a napkin. It just didn't work. Oh, no. I'll let you restart. No, it's okay. Because I, I have so many have ideas. So many ideas. Nice. Got yeah, 90 seconds. Mm-hmm. I wonder where the microphone is on this thing.
0: Stop distracting me. No, I, I think it is It's somewhere in it. Right in here. It's definitely picking up. It's doing well. Alright, um.
1: Alright, I'll put it together. It's keeping four four time in C major for me too.
0: Oh wow! I still have so much more time. Oh my Indeed.
1: god! Yeah. Thirty seconds. God, I
0: miss this. This is this is how you're supposed to like expend your brain juice.
1: Oh yeah. It's
0: shit like that. Why don't we do this more instead of like sitting around, dickin' around with each other, talking about like the Kardashians? You know what I mean? <laughs> like I wish I had more friends that fucking made me think like this. Like yeah, that's all I'm saying.
1: Well, it's an exercise.
0: Exactly. I'm ready when you are. Fuck this time. All right. Yeah. You're ready. Go. So the whole point of the news, originally. The news was the federal government saying that you can rent this airtime for 23 hours a day. If you just say to us that one hour a day, we can use that time to expand the public knowledge and make a more intellectual, educated voter. You can educate the public on whatever they need to buy As long as in that one hour we can educate you on how you can be a better voter And a better person in society That's what the local news was based upon initially That's gone now, obviously But I think the idea is still there And I think a lot of people that work in the local news, yourself included still hold true to that idea and make that be what they want it to be. So, all right, what did I write? Honestly, unfortunately, the news is controlled by corporation. More so ever now than it ever was before. How many times have we seen that segment on John Oliver where they're all saying the same exact thing over and over in the same exact way you know what I mean like yeah but I think that it's about I oh god I lost my train of thought honestly I think it's about just like it's this opportunity to expand knowledge locally that you can't get anywhere else like yeah international news is really really important but local news is even more so important We need local news. We're just lost on our way. Entirely. And how we're delivering it. Oh, that was terrible. (laughs) Ah, Oh, so
1: terrible. We are both a little rusty. You know, I used to mentor, when I was back in Salt Lake City, before I moved to Phoenix, I I went and actually mentored my old high school speech of team.
0: I loved that about my life. That was like my favorite thing I ever did.
1: I thoroughly enjoyed it. We were always viewed as the nerds, and I'm totally fine by that, because I think it's pretty obvious anybody walks into my desk area and they see hundreds of Funko Pops. I mean, it's it's pretty sad. Dude, tell me,
0: okay, so I've been trying desperately to think of an idea that can set us apart, just like Hot Ones can, as a creative idea to be different, to bring people on to engage them in a way that's different in any other way they'd be engaged. That's a fun idea.
1: Impromptu I th- debate. I think impromptu debate's a great idea. I think also kind of in a way interpreting mm. news of the week. And well, yeah, doing happenings. it,
0: making it very relevant and timely. Relevant. And, and asking people resistance. that. So here's my idea, okay? Still make it local. Because I and you, I'm sure can find a decent amount of local people to bring on just for simple conversations, right? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, we can make it unique and timely and that we have a little bit of a debate. And if we make it relevant to that person, what do you think about this? Okay, boom. Maybe we have more than one. Who knows? We'll see how people react to it over time. But like, I would love to bring on Jemra, I'd love to bring on Tony Tello and ask about Old Town Scottsdale and politics down there. And to get them to just, you pick whichever side of the argument. If you're the guest, you go first, you pick whichever side of the argument you want. I'll take the opposite side. You or I will. And we'll just challenge him on it. And oh, give okay. them, you know what I mean?
1: Well, and I think you know, especially when you think about local news and the perspective, the direction, right? I mean, like you said, you know, the, the I, I hesitate to call it cliche, but we know the segment on, on John Oliver where every single news anchor is saying the same thing. And I fortunately have never gotten my scripts caught on that because I write very much how I know my anchor wants to speak and also still kind of getting out my thoughts yeah that's just how I drive a lot of things um, but you know you look at a lot of these segments and you do see a lot of the same angles and I think to really you know uncover that portion of it to, to really dissect you know what what, do, what does real reporting what is real investigation what is real journalism look like I mean you have to have conversations constantly honestly if you were to put a microphone and into any pitch room in America, you would find totally different perspectives. And not just, hey, this is, you know, the one angle we're going for. It's we're working on all these different angles, and we can only say one thing in one day. I think for a number of different reasons, you need to get somebody out there that says, Okay, I'm the person that you want to talk to and hear about what they say about it. And then also get our perspective. I mean, if we're going to be any sort of expert on anything and just say like, ah, that doesn't sound right to me. Or, you know what, I, I, clarify this for me because I'm, I'm not quite sure, you know, and have a little bit so of that seated out. Hear,
0: hear me out on what I have to say in this. What you're saying is sparking something inside I me. Mean, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I don't want to lose this passion for what I have to say right now. Sure. About what you're saying because it's sparking me big time. And it came from the experience I just, the whole reason I was latching on this idea after this week of being in Vegas is, do you see the video? I think I sent it to you. The guy who called Scottsdale Little Vegas was like making fun of it. Oh, like, yeah, 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 yeah. It, was like a it went fucking video. viral in Old Town. Everyone had it on their story on Instagram. I was dying. It was so poignant and on point.
1: Dude, and I was in Atlanta this last weekend, and I, I found one of those Native American stores, and I was just I looked over at Taylor, her girlfriend, and I was like, oh my god, I can't escape Scottsdale. <laughs> and it's just like, I, and the first thing I thought of was that video. Right?
0: Right. Okay. So my point being is that we live in a city right now. There's the fifth largest city in America. But historically, it wasn't. And it was... Not any city to shake a stick at up until five, six years ago. And all of a sudden it's exploded. This city culturally has no fucking idea what it is. However, you look at other major cities and they're so ingrained in what they are. You look at Vegas, Vegas is Vegas. Vegas has been Vegas for a long time. LA has been LA for a long time. Chicago has been Chicago exactly as Chicago is for close to 100 years. Pretty much every major city has been what it is for a long time. This city, strangely enough, is enormous, is growing, and it's malleable. It has no fucking idea what it wants to be. And And it's trying to figure out every single day, it's trying to figure out every single day what it wants to be. And I hate to sound pompous, but you and I can be part of that conversation. I, I think it, somebody needs to do it. <laughs> why not us? Some, somebody needs to do it, and why not us? And, like, you and I know enough about the culture around here to, like, be part of that conversation. Yeah.
1: I mean, and,
0: and challenge people that are part of that conversation also to, like, think on their toes. That's fair. I think that'd be a cool way to help define what this city is. Don't, don't over-dwell on it. Don't overthink it. Think in the moment. And think what you feel. Freak what you feel.
1: Freak what I feel? No. Alright. Yeah. All right. yeah. I, could, I could be fine by that. Yeah. Let it fly. You know what I'm saying, though? Well, I mean, yeah, I've been here for three years. You've been here for longer than that. And I would agree with you. I think there's a lot of different points in the city where you're just like, I don't understand what this is.
0: Nobody knows what this city truly is.
1: I mean, like you go downtown Phoenix and it's, it, it has been known as a working downtown for as long as ever. Yeah. I mean, it's a bunch of industrial buildings. I mean, there used to be like a really Half big culture. Of the itself. buildings downtown are empty now. Oh yeah. Like the entire Chase Tower, yeah. which is no longer Chase Tower. Totally empty. I didn't even know it was no longer Chase Tower. Yeah, I, I forget when that happened. Was, I, I, there's one percent side of me that says that might not be true. I'm gonna go verify, but I swear, because I remember we had that climber during Super Bowl week that came. Up yes, and yeah. It was. I yeah. think everybody called it the former Chase Tower. So, if I can remember well from that, I'm pretty sure that's kind of where things stand. But you know, I think that's you know a good point of like you know things are built up. They're ready to move in, and now a lot of things are moving away. And so it's just kind of, it's almost like, um, you know, me and my ideas, you know, I get really passionate about something, I go all in, and then I stop, you know? And I feel like in a lot of ways, the valley itself is, is a lot like that. You've got, it's
0: 80, the valley is ADHD about who it wants to be.
1: Exactly. And it's just, it can never kind of sit and just say, okay, this is it. Outside of just, okay, it's a dry heat. <laughs> like, Fucking A, that's pretty, that's pretty much it. <laughs> Right? Yeah, that's our
0: joke. Is that we're dry heat, and that's all we know about who we are. We've got
1: snowbirds.
0: We have, we have golf. S- golf. Which kind of
1: snowbird thingy? Yeah,
0: but we have spring training. I guess those are all tied together. But we also have a huge EDM scene. We yeah. have a huge lifestyle scene. We have a huge hipster scene. We have a huge foodie scene. We what have a-
1: what? Else is there? There's a lot.
0: There's a lot of insurance here now. There's a lot of manufacturing and construction here now. There's a lot of trash. There's a lot of trash here now. I
1: mean, you got Republic waste. I mean, if I had like big corporations, you're right. I also have a lot of like mom and pop stuff too. Well,
0: so I was talking to an insurance broker today in Vegas, and he was like, 90% of the companies that you have down there are mom and pop, but you're starting to have these bigger companies. You have IBM moving in. You have TSMC, the semiconductors, right? yeah. You have State Farm moving in, making a splash. We have okay, so I have a friend. She works for United Wholesome Mortgage in Detroit. Okay. Huge sports company. Because the owner went to Michigan State and he loves Detroit sports. You know who that is? He just bought the Phoenix
1: Suns. Just Sons. bought the Suns. What was his name? Matt Ishbia? Ishbia. I think yeah. that's his name, yeah. Ish. He seems like a great that's, guy. Okay, this
0: girl that I was hanging out with for a week, she was like, Ish. She hates him. But she Why? loves him, but she hates him. But I'm, that's this my point. Cool. This city is ripe for, like, dissection. I'm figuring it out. For instance, next weekend. Not next weekend. The 13th, 15th. Those three days they're having a mesa arts festival what the fuck is mesa i don't know mesa is poor people mesa is mexicans mesa is mormons mesa is arts
1: is. mesa is middle the class meat world. right <laughs> right it's all over the map it's also a big
0: city it, it's enormous when it comes to like comparing it to other places in america
1: I you know I think it's the thing about the Valley that people don't really realize as much is that, it's, like Phoenix is the largest capital city in the country. Yeah, I mean I think Phoenix itself has close to like a, like one point five million people. Correct. And then right next door to to Phoenix is Scottsdale, which runs as long as you can imagine a city to run north and south, and then you know wedged on the other side, Ketta Corner is is Mesa, and then even further out East Valley you've got I mean, people clump Chandler Gilbert in all of all of itself, but they're their own things. And then, I mean, you go out even further west. Glendale's pretty big. I don't even know where it stops and ends. I dude, mean, Maricopa you know, County, Buckeye, dude. And that's so just I was driving down. Never stops. I was
0: driving down from Sedona this weekend. Maricopa County hit way sooner than I thought it would. We were twenty nine miles outside of the city, and Maricopa County started.
1: It's like, uh, what is it, Black Canyon? City uh, we hadn't even somewhere hit somewhere fucking Bumble. What? The, yeah. <laughs> And Maricopa County said random yeah. ghost town with just like a random gas <laughs> up. Yeah. Yeah, that's the, that's the top of Maricopa County. That's wild. And then you go down and it, I mean, I think Casa Grande's Pinal County, isn't it? But just barely. I have no idea. It just, yeah. It but just that's kind forever. of the
0: point. I have no idea. My right. point being is that this place
1: is ripe for that. I agree. I think. But I think, you know, to kind of pick up on your Matt Ishbia stuff, like, You know, some of these cities, you just they have such um, big names affiliated with them. You know, like New York, it's the Rockefellers, right? I mean, you could throw in a few other names probably too. But I mean, when you think of New York City, I mean, you can't go in that city without knowing something about the Rockefellers. I mean, you got thirty Rock. I mean, it's it's very synonymous, right? Uh, You go to you know other cities. You know, Chicago's Wrigley. I mean, they've got presence here in Phoenix, too. Um, I mean, you've got these big names that kind of drive a little bit of what's going on in those towns. You know, whether that's industry, whether that that's people. In Phoenix, I feel like forever, it's just been kind of a small town that boomed. And we don't really have that we, one identity. We do One have person that. needs to drive that. We do have that. Are you familiar with the Thunderbirds? Oh, We do have the Thunderbirds. But that's like Illuminati, in a way.
0: <laughs> that's fucked up, but accurate.
1: I mean, you've got a a very powerful organization of people with a common interest. I mean it's no I don't think a lot of- no, I don't think
0: the Thunderbirds are Illuminati at all. I think they are trying and you know what? I could be wrong about this. Like I'll be the first to say that I could definitely be wrong about this. But I think the Thunderbirds are just trying to like give that Illuminati feel to the city of Phoenix. That there are families out here that are like cooler than now. But at yeah. the end of the day I they're just they're just new money.
1: Well there's a lot of old money too because like a lot of thund- is there ranch- old money out here? Yeah I mean really? oh a ton of it I mean I think I, I want to say two of the largest ranches in the country exist in Arizona So I mean if you just think about ranching which has been around for like geez as long as we know I mean cowboys the- should dude. exactly I mean <laughs> Arizona is very well known with Cowboys. Like, I mean, you've got you know this entire culture built around that that you don't see until you get out of the city. And I think, especially when you think of Phoenix, you know, you think dry heat. You might throw in like a sports team, but <laughs> no, there's there's not really like industry.
0: Who the fuck? What sports team are you gonna
1: throw in out here? Maybe the Suns. Definitely not the Cardinals as much. The as The Suns they are be, cursed. They are cursed. There's totally a curse about that. Let's trade
0: for Katie. He's out for four to six weeks. He's back.
1: Cool. Did they win? I don't know. But exactly, I don't know either. I know they're a four seed, so God, uh, anything could happen. I just I can't with the Suns.
0: I want I want to like the Suns. I went with a friend of mine, Christine, downtown. Was it last year or the year before? And we were outside of the uh, Ryan. Just ironically enough.
1: Yeah, the apartment complex? Yeah,
0: watching the suns, like, right outside the stadium. And, like, just sipping back fucking tequila. Trying to enjoy the city of Phoenix for what it was. Yeah, they lost. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, is that Phoenix in a nutshell? Is, like, they try and they Yeah, can't. exactly. Like, Phoenix just... But they don't, though. Phoenix low-key wins. Like, I mean, look at the housing around here. Look at, like... What we've done to the city building, which is sports is not the place here. Uh, I feel I'm, like give that time, though. I feel like as this city grows, call me conspiracy theorist. I feel like sports are going to boom here.
1: Well, I think you look at spring training, which is obviously something that they built in big. You know, spring training actually started in Tucson here. Somebody had uh, like a minor league team. Really? And it was during the... Um, wait, 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 educate me. So it was during like the 50s, I believe, during all the civil rights movement, um, there was a lot of I'm not great actually. stuff happening in Florida, which is obviously they've still got the Grapefruit League. Yep. And I want to say it was a minor league team owner here uh, thought that, hey, we could house something that's a little more accommodating for um, you know, uh, black people that wanted to play baseball and not have the harassment of going to Florida and so he ended up moving out one team I think he became part owner of, of some team it may have been what are known as the Guardians now um I, I probably have that wrong but it was he uh, definitely he grabbed one team which drew the interest. Zero, dude it, like all things are fair right and he, yeah. he drew the interest of a few other teams so then it started just growing and growing and growing and I think it was even up until like, maybe four or five years ago, there were still one or two teams that were holdouts that were actually in Tucson. But now everybody's in the Valley. And so you literally had this... Oh, dude, the money here is stupid for spring training. Oh, and you know what the, the biggest one is? It's Cubs. The Cubbies are so expensive here now. It's stupid. Like It's not you... even Portillo's anymore. It's Portillo's. <laughs> That's one way to put it. <laughs> but, I mean, anytime you go to Sloan Park, you're just like, wow, this is this is baseball. This is spring training. But then, like... You know, you go to Talking Stick, and it's relatively easy to get... So, my friend who was out here with, um, you know, Mortgage
0: Warehouse... Or United Wholesale Mortgage. I always want to do United Mortgage Warehouse, because I think it's UMW. But it's UWM. United Wholesale Mortgage. Anyway, she came out here to be brought out to Cubby Stadium. Like, she was meeting with a fucking mortgage broker who was bringing her out to that stadium. That is, like, now a place that you... Bring people to Schmooze. Sloan? Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me at all. He, that actually, that dude actually he proposed to his fiance, now fiance, at the stadium. That's Sloan. You yeah. didn't do During it in a spring training game. Interesting. That's that's enough to propose now.
1: That's a thing. Uh, it's now a thing. So like is that Phoenix's identity is like you can't do it. In another city, so you come here and have like your almost like Vegas is a knockoff wedding, like we're your knockoff entertainment. Oh Jesus Christ! Holy Jesus! No, actually, yeah, yeah, I think so. Hey, do you want to go to a football game? Well, the Cardinals have a game this weekend. Might as well go. I mean, do you like basketball? I did. ASU's just down the street, but we've also got the Suns. I did. You I know did. It's not that bad. So, you know, I was happy to go to a Thursday night football game. I can't remember the last time I went to a professional football game. Oh, man, football's fun to go to. It's just so involved. I mean, you know me, man. Honestly, I, I hate going to football live. Really?
0: Yeah. I mean, I've had a good experience you, in the last year. You know I'm a huge football fan. Yeah, obviously. And I like the strategy of football. Sure. So I want to see football from, like, the angle that I can see everything appropriately at. Okay. When I'm watching football live, it's really hard to, like, dissect if somebody's running a nickel or a dime. Like, what angle people are putting wideouts at. Sure. How many yards out are they from the line? Are they 15? Are they 20? Are they 35 yards out? Where are they at on the field? I can't fucking tell from the 25-yard line. You know what I mean? Like, it's just not ideal
1: to, like, watch football. You see. I, I'm going to give you such, like, the non-dude answer. But yeah. I, mean, I, I also, like, didn't I, – I, well, let's see. I played two seasons of, like, P.O.E. football. So my knowledge of, like, schemes in football, very minimal. I, me playing Madden is, like, the most pathetic thing you'll ever, ever watch in your life. But I go to football games because, it, to me, it's just a lot of fun. I like being in the crowd. It's, but, like, to me, that's no different. Than Which is a like good roster, answer. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I mean, like, I was fortunate, you know, having gotten to TCU, they came out and played in the Fiesta Bowl here. I got to watch them beat Michigan, and that was a time. Yeah, how much hell hell
0: were you watching during that game?
1: I was watching a lot of purple. That's all <laughs> <of>
0: that.
1: <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So, and then I got to go watch a lot of sad purple in L.A. A little more oh, the worst Purple. The worst national championship ever. So, dude, when we were in Atlanta this last weekend, we went to the College Football Hall of Fame. And I was so happy because there's this little area where you actually, like, get to kick a field goal and then, like, toss, like, a touchdown. I tried to kick a field goal, and I made it. I got a lot of loft on it, but I I was off. I looked like the Ohio State kicker. Um, <laughs> not
0: too soon. They give
1: you two tries. So you can kick twice, you can throw twice, or you can fucked it all twice. So, no, I kicked once, messed it up, and then I threw to, like, one of those little, like, tossable nets, and uh, I, I nailed that one. I'm not half nice. bad at throwing it. I know. Thank you. Oh my God. But they, so they had the field goal post on one end of this large room, yeah, yeah. which was kind of like the center of this entire museum, which was fascinating. For a number of different reasons. That's awesome. But on the other end, opposite the field goal post, was this giant big screen. And they're showing highlights from some of the games from the past season. Mm -hmm. And I was watching TCU's game against Baylor, which this season just about gave me a heart attack. And I remember being in Chicago at a bar with Taylor over Thanksgiving um, watching this game. And it came down to a field goal. TCU literally goes out and they're literally, they didn't even call a timeout before the field goal. They'd called one the play before realized, okay, we got to shed a few seconds and they were ready to go. Got their field goal unit out, kicked it. They won the game and it was a heart attack. And so reliving that for a moment, just absolutely. I, I was, I was feeling like chest compressions. I was, I was just not in a good way, but then, you know, it was okay. Griffin Kell gets out, kicks the field goal and boom, it was all great. And so you know, again, I'm in line to get and, and kick my full goal. So I'm like thinking, okay, this is great. Well, then what comes on right after TCU beats Baylor was George's massacre of TCU wow, in the national championship game. Yeah. And I, I don't know if I got distracted for a moment. I didn't even get to see Max Duggan's touchdown in the game, which was the only score. But everything else was just Georgia, Georgia, Georgia. And, of course, you're in Atlanta where it's all Georgia, Georgia, Georgia. Bulldogs everywhere. And then you go into the team store. Or Did not even the, the team entire store. The store. city and it was all of
0: Atlanta is obsessed with the Bulldogs. The entire state of Georgia is obsessed with the Bulldogs.
1: And I question whether or not they have anything more to think about than Georgia Bulldogs because, well, that city Remember has that one time, the Super Bowl, that one time when they, yeah. They took it out on TCU. That was their <laughs> their second coming in a way. <laughs> the Hawks can't do it. Bulldogs are going to do it. There you go, there Two there years you go. in a row, actually. Yeah. This year was a little more, uh, what's the word? Uh, <laughs> Ass kicking? Ass kicking? I was gonna say esoteric, but asking <laughs> so, works. <laughs> it was just fun to be there, you know. Like no, no I, I, it TCU. Fun nobody there, expected yeah. this season, and Georgia, I, I'm so surprised by gone. TCU.
0: Everybody like, you, was. You guys nobody came out of nowhere.
1: Absolutely nowhere. I mean, you in multiple sports. We canned our Hall of Fame head coach the season before. We benched our starting quarterback. For granted, I, I, I want to say if it's not a four star, five star incoming quarterback and, and this guy Chandler Morris is supposed to be like really good. He gets hurt. And like, I want to say within the first half of the first game of the season, Max Duggan came in and then he's in the Heisman contention race. You know, like right. I mean, yeah, everything about the season was just like, Why what, what is going on? We're not supposed to be this good. Okay, we're this good. Okay, this is
0: cool. You know why, you know why I appreciated TCU this season? Because it reminded me of the Lions season. We have no business being this good. But here we are. Because of the right coaching, the right leadership.
1: Oh, yeah, dude. Dan Campbell's got something going on. I wish the Cardinals had that. You know, because like we live locally. And there's not really, like... I'll never forget the rest of my life.
0: Living in Pittsburgh for college. I'm watching that touchdown and getting into riot against the Cardinals, and then moving out of here and being a Tealish fan—it's not welcome.
1: Nope.
0: It's—it's it's a faux pas. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure.
1: <laughs> How very apropos.
0: I mean, <laughs> fuga. I did eat some fuga this weekend.
1: Gosh, that was a game. Dude,
0: too. you know what fucking. Full... <laughs> you don't know guys? No. Okay, so I was eating at Hell's Kitchen, which how cool. is how was it? It's so good. Gordon Ramsay didn't come out, did he? I mean, no. But you know what was really cheesy is that they were just playing on the TVs nothing but replays of like key scenes from Hell's Kitchen. Interesting. Which was so cheesy.
1: Right, and like I expect nothing less. At the same rate, you're like, okay. I'll buy into this for a minute. I
0: became a Gordon Ramsay fan because of the fucking show um, Hot Ones. Okay. I thought he was hilarious. I never knew that dude had such a good, self-deprecating sense of humor.
1: Well, and the things that I've read about him and also seen is, like, he kind of puts on an act, you know, as, like, just the dominating head chef in the show. And he plays it very, very well. He explained it in
0: that... He was like, look, I came up under a bunch of these chefs that would, like, throw shit at you in the kitchen. Because they were all, like, apparently when you come up as a chef and you're, like, a true, like, chef growing up in Europe and shit, it's all the French style, right? It's all Parisian kitchens that the best chefs come up in. And they're all a bunch of fucking assholes. Like, brutally mean chefs. Right. Right. So he learned from these brutally mean chefs how to be brutally mean. And he's like, oh, I think there's an opportunity here for entertainment. So he knew what he was doing. He was so he doing it.
1: learned the way to get an entertainment bit out of it. The full while knowing this isn't who he is.
0: But if you look at him, if you actually watch him, he's genuinely a kind person. Yeah, he, like he wants a the lot best. Of- he just also problems. wants to know that you're not a pussy and that you can handle very difficult, aggressive, mean feedback. But if you can, he's the kind of guy that has your back and he's a kind, gentle person. Yeah. He's just like, you need to step the fuck up and be able to handle some really aggressive feedback. Right. Like, you fucking suck. Well, and if you fucking suck, you fucking suck. Okay? Well, and that,
1: I feel, is where... Like, if we're going to get into the big, like, national picture of things... Oh, no, 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 no. I know exactly what you're going to say, and I agree wholeheartedly. We need more of that. I think we need a little more of that. But also, the tidbit I heard from you in there was that, you know, he's trying to kind of pull that out of you. Yeah. Like, he kind of gives you the the frat boy pledging shakedown. Kind of see who you are. Are you going to bend or break under pressure? But also, okay... Let's identify where your strengths and weaknesses are, and then build you from there, right? And I feel like where we are right now, with any job, with any relationship, it's it's there's no coordination between okay, let's do this shakedown and then build from there. It's just the strict criticism, and you don't. It's one or the other.
0: It's one or the other. Either you're the kind of person that knows how to give criticism, and you feel that the growth should just come organically. Or you feel that you need to help support growth and you're not good enough at giving criticism. I feel like we lack, this is going to, I'm getting on my soapbox right now. We lack as a society the happy medium between those two. You need to hear some fucking harsh fucking truths about yourself. And like, know that you suck. Because you <laughs> did. it lightly. Yeah, I mean to put it lightly. You fucking suck. But at the same time, if you're willing to accept that harsh truth about yourself and the world around you, then there's an opportunity to grow and become a betterment for everyone else around you. Yeah. But you, like, it's, I don't know why. I don't know why it's hard for people to, like, live in both of those worlds nowadays. The Forged in Fire. Yeah, where the fuck is that anymore? I mean, Where, sort of, why, dude, so, what's his name? We are just talking about him. Gordon Ramsay. Ramsay was just talking, he was on um, Hot Ones, and he was talking about snowflakes. And he was like, dude, I don't, I'm not looking to, like, beat people up, but snowflakes ruined my day. And it's like, I wish that I could just be mean to people and, like, get the best out of them and better them. But, like, if you're a snowflake, fuck you. And the I, fact that he used the term snowflake.
1: That, that's actually pretty big for somebody as big as he is. That's you know what I'm saying? Very, uh, very, like, very faux pas. Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny. I was, I was talking to uh, Taylor about this earlier today, which was how it it's not enough just to be critical, either of other people or yourself. Like, you have to, at some point, decide that there's going to be a problem-solving element to what you do. And you have to come up with a plan of action to move forward you know, you can't just be sitting in criticism and sitting in, uh, this hurricane of, you know, all of life's bad. You have to, you know, decide for yourself, you know, is, is this what I want and am I going to learn from it and move yeah. forward? And no. I think, you know, to, you know, Gordon Ramsey and kind of that analogy, I mean, yeah, he's just, he's just trying to get the best out of you. And you know, his means of doing that, you know, they're not for everybody. And I mean, I agree that we could probably use a little more like harsh criticism. At the same rate, like we need more constructive criticism and we need more action.
0: We just need more, need people that are more, let me take a step back from what I'm going to say. So I came up in football mentality. Football mentality was Gordon Ramsay style, like beat you up. Right. But you needed to want to better the thing around you. Mm -hmm. Right. And I feel like a lot of people don't want to better the thing around them. They want to better themselves. Sure. Sure. They just want the outcome that makes their life better. As opposed to makes, quote unquote, the team better. Okay. Nobody gives a fuck about the team anymore. Nobody gives a fuck about the city anymore. No. You know what I'm saying? Like Nobody cares about the bigger picture.
1: So what, what is the bigger picture for Phoenix? Let's turn this fully on its head.
0: I don't know. I, sh- I think that's a great question. I think that's a, honestly, I think that's the biggest question. I think that's kind of at the heart of, like, what I wanted to do with this. It was like, what is the better answer for what could Phoenix be? Like, yeah, Phoenix, okay, here's three things that I think about Phoenix. We shouldn't be here, we live in the desert, there's a lack of water. Right? We're an amalgamation of a bunch of other people, and we have no character or identity or soul. We're just a bunch of other things. It's too expensive to live here. There's too much money here. A bunch of other rich people lived here or moved here. So you have this amalgamation of three things that all are convoluting that answer. So it's really fucking hard to answer what that answer is. What is this city? What is the character of this city? Is it money? Is it trying to squeeze the life out of something before it dies? Is it trying to define what something is? Is it gross? I don't really know what that answer is. But I see you contemplating on it. It actually does present an interesting question.
1: I love the bit on, like, we shouldn't be here.
0: Should we? Because, I mean... I mean, look at Lake Powell. Look at what's going on. Okay, so at the Hoover Dam, we are down to the last outflow. And if it gets below that outflow, the Hoover Dam becomes useless. Yeah. And actually becomes something that we probably need to knock down.
1: Right, because the water that should be it'll become a depth above the spiral. dam. Yeah. That drives hydroelectricity can't do it, that anymore. It,
0: it will only outflow at that point, and we won't have any. Hydroelectricity from it and if anything, they'll be blocking the flow of water that we desperately need downstream to make other dams work Right, and we either we build more outflows And we need federal government money to do that or we just knock the motherfucker down What do we do?
1: Well, they'll never knock the Hoover dam down because I think that's on the historic registry of national places. And it's a big tourist but it, attraction. But Glen Canyon Dam, like Powell, certainly. And I remember... What about uh, the Roosevelt Dam? Roosevelt Dam? they would knocked that motherfucker down. But it's like overflowing right now. Like this is a different part of the state. Right now? I oh, I understand. Do
0: you know he had the wettest year? The wettest winter in Arizona in 25 years? Yeah. It's
1: wild. Nuts. The fact that... SRP and all these other power companies in the valley are literally letting it overflow <laughs> because there's too much water. It's a good problem to have. At the same rate, right. it's like, okay, like, could we not catch all of that and put it somewhere else? Well, dude, so <laughs> they kind of are. They
0: kind of are, but not nearly as much as they should be.
1: So the one thing, I'm be covering this in the news, was I, I was always curious about Like, how much of the state relies on hydroelectric power? How much of the valley itself relies on hydroelectric power?
0: And, like, how much does, you know,
1: how much do we actually benefit from these dams as a percentage of, like, what we actually need? Because when it comes to strict, like, drinking water, yeah, those dams are great. These reservoirs are great. But, like, we've also got aquifers. And I understand, like, there's a lot of uh, questions that. To that as well. I mean, you see, who's it, the Ogallala? Is that the aquifer in, like, Texas and up the Great Plains that, you know, is getting lesser and lesser, like, constantly. I mean, right? you
0: saw what's going on with, like,
1: the Mississippi this year? I'm not. You know, and that's, that blows my mind, actually, because, you know, my grandparents live in Baton Rouge. Are you not familiar with what's going on with the Mississippi this year? What, is it flow down? Is it, is it lower? Like, I'm
0: not, I've not Dude. caught up with it a whole lot. Dude. So... The Mississippi this year is so low that we haven't been able to pass 80% of the barges that we usually pass through it, and all this transportation of agriculture that normally happens over the Mississippi has just not been able to occur. Like, that is a huge reason that we're having inflation this year.
1: Interesting. So there's nothing to do with China. Please
0: go educate yourself on that.
1: I need to. It's, I, I I'm aware of it, but I've just not done a whole lot of reading on it. It is massive to our entire country. it's a giant? And nobody's army. nobody's fucking talking about it. I mean, just immediately at the bottom of the Mississippi, you've got New Orleans, and then you've got Baton Rouge, and those are two Nothing of the can get biggest to New
0: Orleans right now. Really, things, dude. All these barges that pass, all this grain, all this soy, all this corn through the artery of this country, are sitting grounded in a dead river. That's nuts. So it's God bless this rain that we're having right now, but like, it's just storms that we're having. We're not having actual rain.
1: Well, you know, I think it, it kind of begs the question too. I was I was listening to um, Joe Rogan's podcast no. by random, and he had Elon Musk on, and. Yeah. Elon was talking about how this world has had just an obsession with living close to water. You know, we've got all these issues with, like, Which we Sea levels and everything, right? But, like, it makes the most sense. You know, that's where water is the most plentiful, where you can trade the easiest. Right. Traditionally, right? Nowadays, it might be a, a bit more of a shift. That's, like, why we can live in places like Phoenix. And so, like, it almost begs the question of, like, if drought gets bigger, shouldn't Phoenix get a little more on the map, so to speak? Because we are in a place that, it, at least in terms of sea level, has absolutely no threat. The only issues we really have are how do you get here and how can you survive here? So the question really is mostly just on where is our drinking water? And a lot of the times when I hear people that want to come to the Phoenix, it's because they want to enjoy the weather, at least for like eight months out of the year. So, you know, why isn't the industry following if the people are coming? And can especially in you know the day and age when, you know, everybody's zooming for work, you know, it's it's a work from home paradise. You know, why are more people inclined to move here and exist here? And I think the question comes down to like we're in this odd space of two thirds of the year this can be something. But for one-third of the year, to most people, like, I, I personally love the heat, but most people aren't of, of that that mindset, you know, four months out of the year, you're not going to have what would be I think if you're adequate. talking about
0: it in a, like, tangible, logical way, that, yes, if we were in a perfect society, there should be a place that people come live and then dip out of. Right. And... There's no reason that we as a society now shouldn't be able to be here that, But that's not how cities work. That's not how we as a culture work. Like You either live here and own property or you don't. This right. property is way too fucking expensive to own and then own other property elsewhere.
1: Well, and see, I hear a story on the complete flip end which is that more people are trying to move here, buy property and use this as like income producing area. So like you buy a house and then you use it as like an Airbnb or yeah but
0: that okay so fun fact the last big Airbnb event that we just had the open Mm -hmm. and the Super Bowl the same weekend Mm -hmm.
1: was a big bust for yeah it was over uh, over oversaturated market just had too many people yeah like
0: even uh, Uber drivers like the Barely need any money compared to what they thought they were going to make.
1: Yeah, it was supposed to be a giant boom, like get in while the you know, strike while well the iron's hot. Get while the getting's good. Hayes. Dearest Hayes. All right, so back
0: to session zero.
1: Session zero. All
0: right. So in session zeros, you contemplate what you want to do with this campaign. Okay. And who your character wants to be. Okay. So let's talk about those. As well as ideas. For I'm not going to be a fucking bard. I'm the bard, obviously. <laughs> Obvious. Obviously, obviously. You're more of a paladin. Okay. You're a lot more like holy, holy
1: roller. You're a lot more of a leader. Interesting you say that. You don't feel that way? Yeah. You know, it's funny because that that. Um, that sentiment's been brought up to me. I feel like that's how you see yourself. Quite a few times. I don't necessarily see myself as a leader. I feel like you want to see yourself that way, though. Yeah, I don't necessarily view it that way. I mean, I certainly you definitely don't want to want see to yourself be, as a fucking rogue. Well, I don't want to be like, gosh, I struggle with that. I, like, I, I don't know you, if I feel like I am insignificant and want to like prove myself.
0: No, you want to see yourself as a leader because you feel your ideas are for lack of a better term holy you see yourself
1: as having a pulse into what is right i definitely have a tap on that in the way that i listen to other people
0: yeah every time i hear you talk about the things that you want to do with your work or the things that you want to present or the way that you want to bring forth your ideas you feel that and i'm sorry for presenting it this way, you know better. And that you wish other people would follow your thought process.
1: Does that make me righteous? Mm, (laughs) Self-righteous?
0: A little bit. But also,
1: I'm willing to follow your thought process because I've heard what you have to say and I agree with it. Yeah, I think that's the hard part about leadership is you definitely have to stick to your guns. There was a great... Podcasts
0: i just listened to recently with the i forget his name mark maron dude who wrote
1: um yeah he's like he's a very large comedian right right oh he wrote that yeah i want to i want to read it because i i feel like there's a lot of good therapy tidbits in there he he's great too you'll love him for this he
0: drank for 20 years quit drinking like i just recently listened to him and i really wanted to quit drinking because of him okay Irony aside. But <laughs> I'm not even kidding. I'm not even kidding. So his thought was like, okay, there's three different things that you need to excel in this world or to be a leader. Number one is to put in the effort. And everyone is willing to do that. Everyone's willing to wake up early and get work out. Everyone's willing to like do the things no one else is willing to do. But really, what truly makes a leader, two things on top of that. One, is having an idea that's contrarian, right? Okay. And anyone can have an idea that's contrarian. Number two, or the middle idea, if you will, that's the hardest of the three,
1: being right. So a lot of that seems like it hinges on perspective, because, like... Bingo. Everybody wants to believe that they're doing the right thing. You can
0: chase that idea all you want, and you can tell yourself all day that it's right. And maybe, just maybe... Part of it
1: is kind of convincing the world around you that it is, right? I feel like you just saw through my entire career. (laughs) Well, you know, in a way, like, you know, being in a newsroom, it was challenging because very, 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 very few people knew that I had more of a conservative lean. And I wouldn't consider myself right-wing. I wouldn't consider myself left-wing. I I I would consider myself very middle-of-the-line. And, um... You know it was difficult, always Especially having news to battle yeah. this news process that always saw the left wing side of things. And I I am not trying to say that like everybody out there was trying to continually put out left wing bias, but I mean you you do have this influence, and to be challenged on that often didn't go well for me. Um, mm. Even though you know mm. it was never quite out with really kind of I think no I, absolutely not I think any time that I would question like I just don't feel great about this or you know say hey we need you know this perspective on it it often kind of went by the wayside and that was a lot of like leadership above me that set, decided no I'm right we'll do it this way and continually trying to as I saw myself especially in the last probably eight months of, of me working at this station was that you know I really tried to lead from the bottom like I tried to I I would come up with these ideas, I would execute, and I would do very alternative means of news to, you know, I mean, like you said, you know, contrarian, you know, I I would definitely say that a lot of the things that I did were very different. They were very um, likable. They were very, they they, they were just well done. And I'm Mm -hmm. not trying to say that to like to my own horn, but I did it in a way as in, kind of in a way I was like trying to show other people that there's not just one way to do this. And, you know, to inspire people in a, in a way that, look, if we keep doing things the same way that we've been doing them, we're going to keep getting the same results that we've always been getting. If we do this in a different way, no matter what way you're doing them, you have the opportunity to at least shake things up. It might be worse. It might be better. But if you're in a state where you are the last rated station in a market, what, what do you have to lose, Right. I took hold of the, hey, I'm going to do things in a very different way and went really well. By the time that I ended, you know, my show and my time slot was the number one in the market. And no other show at our station could hold a candle to that. They're drastically different on the ratings. And I, I felt like if there was any sort of leadership component to that, it was I just went in and day in, day out, I did what I knew was right in my own way. And tried to help other people if they had questions about like, hey, I saw this that you did and I would like to, you know, emulate that. You know, I would teach them how I do things and I wouldn't go and lord over them like, hey, you're doing this wrong. You know, I would question some things like, hey, you know, I really feel like this would make it a little better if I felt strongly that that was something that needed to be brought up. But I wasn't the kind of guy that would constantly critique something and, you know, immediately in their face say like, no, this is wrong. We're doing it this way. And in a way, maybe I should have been more like that. Maybe that would have lasted a little longer. But I think in a way, I also drove myself crazy when I did try. I feel like try. that
0: went against your modus, your MO. I think in a way. But maybe I, not the way you just
1: founded it. I think I get frustrated because oftentimes I like to think that other people will follow in my ideas. So, you, okay, here's what I'm hearing, if I may. I feel like what you
0: championed was the idea of being contrarian for the sake of being contrarian. Not necessarily around a certain idea. Like, you weren't championing, like, a certain champion's cry. You know what I mean? Like Or, like, this is what we're going to get behind. You were just like, why can't we think this way? Yeah, why I mean, can't we get behind an idea that is
1: different than what you're... So used to thinking. The number one thing that I would do is, Hayes, you are the most creative guy in this room, and that that what you
0: just said, 100, percent backs up what I just said. Right. Like you wanted to think differently for the sake of thinking differently, and I don't think that's a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not saying that to like myself be contrarian. I'm saying like honestly, I would rather somebody think that way than get addicted to a particular idea and just be contrarian for that sake.
1: I mean, in a way, like, you do things that work for a reason. You know, I think the the terms of, like, the basic necessities that we have, right? Like, we need shelter. So I know, okay, I probably need to put a roof over my head. These condos, these apartments, these houses, they work great. But, I mean, at the very basic, you know, I just really need just straw and some sticks to hold them up, right? You know, however you want to fix that format, do it your own way. But, you know, there's this... There's a formula for a reason, which is you need to make these happen because they work. Right? But then there's also the okay, how much better can you get? You know, it's kind of like when you go to Vegas, right? You know, you can do Vegas in the cheapest way possible. I hate Vegas so much. You can stay in an off the strip motel for like, you know, pennies on the dollar compared to where you would on the strip. Uh. And, you know, make it to these casinos putting in, you know, like a dollar into like a slot and, you know, still have a great time. But then you, you constantly kind of have this idea. I'm like, how can I do this better? How can I stay nicer? How can I have more fun? How can I meet more people? How can I do more, more, more? Right. And I mean, that's our society in a nutshell. It's just, we all Oh want my more. God.
0: Yes. We want more. We want more. And we want to be, and that's all Vegas is. Oh my God. Walking around there. Walking through the little, they have a mall. There, in between the Aria and like the Bellagio it's called like Crystal's Mall or some shit like that and it's fucking practically empty but God knows if they get one person to buy one thing there like they pay their month for the rent right, right? like it is just dumb it's dumb but it's desperate people desperately wanting to fit in right And desperately wanting to like spend the right amount of money to be in the right place at the right time Yes. I need a Prada Purse. I need a Michael watch. I
1: need anything and everything that will let me be part of this. So let's flip it back to, okay, explain to me what a paladin is. So a paladin in D&D
0: is like like a holy knight. You know what a knight is, right? Mm -hmm. Imagine a knight who has a holy cause.
1: So it's not necessarily taking over Israel.
0: Yeah, you, well, I mean, Israel would be a holy cause. And a very relevant one, might I add, based on the news.
1: Okay. Have you seen what's going on with Israel and Palestine right now? Not a whole lot, dude. I mean, I've holy been out Holy fucking shit. Dude, it's, I've, like, shut down the news. I don't even know what's going on with sports right now. It's... Bad right outside the Mavs because I'm just absolutely just like true blood diehard Mavs fan bro if I may for a second I know this will be on the whole thing but
0: like Israel and Palestine is really bad right now like
1: but, it, but the thing is like isn't that like always the case isn't it always no, bad
0: no it's way worse than it's ever been that being said okay. Right, so a paladin is it's just imagine this, this. between oh, the Dodgers and the That's just so imagine awesome. yourself a holy knight that believes in a certain cause or a certain god or a certain good. Okay. And that's, like, everything that you do revolves around that. You kind of have a higher power or you a higher be like, meaning. Okay, so you got to be strength-based. Okay. charisma-based. Okay. So you're, like, a big, strong, popular guy. You're a Chad, if you're a paladin.
1: Okay. <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> okay, I'll take it. Why not? Um, Is that what you want to be his... Dude,
1: you want to be a chad? Well. <laughs> it's a stereotype, but... Whatever. <laughs> oh, okay. Culkin. Culkin. Oh, no! Fuck yeah. I'm gonna watch that. Have you started watching Succession? The new season? No, I haven't watched any of Succession. Okay, so uh, by Wednesdays, I know... Shit, I need to get it's updated with my TV shows, which, right now, obviously... Mando. Wednesdays are the days, yeah. Mando. I just, I just watched
0: the new Mando today. It
1: was really good. Don't tell me because I haven't watched it. Uh, Ted Lasso, which comes out on Wednesdays. And then Fridays, right now, are Yellow Jackets. If you haven't started it, you got to. It's it's nutty. It's... All right, all right, I'm going like to put this on real quick. Oh, you are? Okay. Calling a barrage of rocket fire into northern Israel today from the Palestinian territory and Lebanon. CBS NTS Tide is following these developments. Good evening, NTS.
0: Nora, good evening. Because we Uh, as America uh, fucking love Israel. ...unpredictable situation unfolding inside Gaza right now. Loud explosions could be heard across the densely populated Palestinian territory, which is controlled by Hamas.
1: Okay, first thoughts. I am so glad to be out of news where I don't have to talk like I'm a robot.
0: (laughs) Hayes, how do you feel about these new updates?
1: You want me to do this in a reporter speak? Yeah. Breaking news, Ryan. Just into the newsroom. Right now, we're talking about the most biggest breaking news possible. It's like, dude, you spend 30 seconds talking about, okay, listen to me, dude. Instead of just letting the story tell itself. The most biggest breaking news. And it's never going to get better. Until 30 seconds later into our newscast and you got to listen to this. It's like, dude, dude, all the little tricks and stuff for that. Okay, so th- but that aside, that aside, okay, because that's... Honestly, it works no, for no, news. No, no, no. It works I, for news. I
0: tell my parents this all the time.
1: Stop being so Reader's Digest. <laughs> you tell me on Reader's Digest all the time. I hate that. I've never got it out of my head. Just because I like the 1975, I'm a Reader's Digest music interest. <laughs> I'm like, come on, dude. It fucks with you, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. It hurts. It hurts. It's really, it's it hurts. Yeah, like it's deep, yeah. I told Taylor, and she's just like, wait, what? And I was just like, he thinks I have maybe not like a mainstream music taste, but, but a Reader's certainly digest. kind of a like, off, just off mainstream Yeah, interest. yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's like, what? You come up with all this crazy music? And I was just like, well, it's because Ryan doesn't hear the weird stuff that I play, like, Dude, to you, myself yeah. that only she will see, and you probably won't as often. But at the same rate, like, you and I both have very unique, eclectic music taste. But, yeah, the Reader's Digest comment is definitely fucked with my head. It's definitely been like, <laughs> wait, am I... In, in so many ways. That good, like, dude, I str- good. I struggle with like, okay, so i got to prove myself in so many different situations, right? And now yeah. I'm like, geez, do I have to show Ryan how cool I am now?
0: <laughs> Absolutely, you do. Yeah. <laughs> you
1: do. Yeah, you do. Okay, street one. Throw it up. Okay, so this whole deal okay, so wait. So, okay. is so sad for so many reasons because, oh, yeah, for yeah, one, yeah. Gaza is, like they said, it's very densely populated. And the thing that I find most intriguing about it, which is why it's the saddest part of it, is that basically you've got this militant group that is basically using them as cover because nobody else wants to just fire rockets in and beat them out the American way, just use a drone. You know, it's no, we actually have to like You're be fucking very, really well educated on this. We have to be very, you know, cognizant of like, okay, if we're going to attack anything in there, what's around it? You know, it's not like Afghanistan. Where you literally just know somebody's in some random hideout. Even in
0: Afghanistan, we've been terrible about not hitting civilians. Thanks, Obama. I mean, and I don't mean that from a political standpoint, I mean, I mean, let's be fucking real. Like, Obama's administration was
1: awful about not hitting civilians. And, you know, the sad part of that is it's kind of that philosophical question of, uh, like, the train tracks, right? You know, it splits and, Oh, you know, my God, yes. You know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah. Of course I do. Um, I, forget, I forget what they call There's a very specific name towards it. But basically it's like, okay, so you can hear one, one person way and you kill one, one person. Yeah. Or, or you are another way and you kill, like, five people. But is that
0: one person the person that you know and you love the most?
1: Or is it the person that can, like, save the world, like, cure cancer, right? Or is that not
0: the last of us?
1: I mean, it is.
0: That's literally what they were setting up in the last was, was that very specific example from philosophy. Right. And that's what I love about this. Not just this person that you love, but the person that could save the world or fuck everyone else. The world's already broken. Well, in a a lot of ways, and I don't
1: know if you and I talked about it a lot, but I find it more of the question of free will, which I think is the question that comes up more often than anything else, which is like, do you actually get to decide? What happens to you?
0: Well, you know that... Okay. Yes. That... I I don't know which one I want to tackle first. Let's do the free will one. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I... No, I don't think you do. I don't think free will truly exists. Because the moment you think you have free will to make decisions, the moment you negate
1: your impact of decision on everyone else around you. Someone here is a Hobbesian. Someone all about the social contract make one decision but there's a lot of consequences you
0: know what my thing is man I believe that okay so I'm big really big on like the whole idea of manifestation right sure I think a lot of people are yeah but like I think that there's like an actual physical construct around that yeah and I think that the more your decisions create waves imagine you are a buoy in a pool okay and you can create a lot of fucking waves if you want to, or you can create very light waves if you want to. But regardless, your decisions make waves around you. Sure. Okay. And everyone else's decisions around you make waves as well. Do you want to make big waves or do you want to make small waves? I'd rather
1: just make small waves.
0: Yeah. Well. It's chiller. Sometimes. Sometimes you
1: gotta make bigger waves. Yeah.
0: Sometimes when there's some really important shit on the line, like what you were just saying. Mm-hmm. It's necessary to make big waves. For not just yourself but for everyone's sake around you.
1: Right. Like shit gets fucked up. Well I mean like you look at the Israel example, like if you, you gotta make some to, big fucking waves. If you were to take one missile, drive it into a highly populated area and take out some big name people and you were it's sad and again this is just theory. But like you were to take out, you know, hundreds of people in the process like you know, the good involved in taking out you know very high-ranking officials that are using them as shields, in a way, would mentally screw them up to be like, oh, they're not playing around. Like they're willing to, you know, go against this moral. So you believe in playing the um, mental game? I, I think a lot of it is the mental game because I mean they're using people as human shields. I mean, how, how can how can you not think that that's a mental game? That that's that's not. A physical game, as in like brute force. It's not you know an O lineman versus a D lineman. It kind of is, though. It is entirely a both. moral, mental game of okay, we you know like especially the United States wants to think of themselves as this moral mentor to the entire world. You know, we're that, the worst bully on earth. Oh, totally. And but I mean,
0: I mean, how do you all get about behind? World? The
1: wor- what, how you know, do you get behind
0: America anymore? I mean, I'm. I hate to sound like the word that I'm about to use, but I am a patriot. And I hate anybody else that defines themselves as a patriot these days mm-hmm. for discussions that I care not to go down to right now. But I am. I love this country and I love the idea of live and let live and the sharing of ideas and. The whole Ayn Rand idea of America, right? Sure. But, like, god damn. We aren't on some dumb shit right now. So delicate terms. We are so far up our own ass about what we are to the world that we think that if we shove it down everyone else's throat, that they'll just be able to breathe a little bit of America. Right. Like, it's so dumb how desperate we are to... Want everyone else to think the way that we do.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, have you not heard of just making friendships with people, like making bonds with people right. through interaction,
1: like agree to disagree,
0: learn how to like interact?
1: Unfortunately,
0: like we had a simple. We had a rod in the bag, and then we went in there with fucking CIA and shoved our dicks down our throats. We had we be in the bag. And then we went down there with the CIA. Shoved our dicks down their throats. And now we've sent over $130 billion. To one of the most corrupt countries in the world. And we're just like, <laughs> think the way we do, please. Like, instead of actually trying to just have a discourse.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's the silliest like we're
1: dumb. We're dumb. Well, you want know, to know something? This is a little trick. Every time that I've Ever interviewed for a job in news? I would watch the opening scene to the newsroom on HBO. You know where, Love that scene. Oh, it's, it's incredible because think. What are the movie, three things that America's best at? Defense spending. Um, I forget what the other two were, to be honest with you. Incarcerated criminals per capita. Yes, that's certainly one.
0: And number of people that believe in angels.
1: And angels? Interesting.
0: Okay. Swear to God that's what they are. Interesting. So it's, it's been a minute because I haven't interviewed for no, a while. I understand. But, but you bring up that scene. I just recently, it was the day Dennis hit a, um, a hole, hole in one. one. Michael brought up that scene to Robert. Remember meeting Robert? Yeah, day yeah. Day? yeah. Nice guy. He brought up that scene to Robert, made him watch it on his phone. And Robert was so uncomfortable. I could see Michael. Yeah, and it was just like Michael dude this is just not the time right or the place in the clubhouse to do this. Mm-hmm. Great scene, mind you, but like Michael, chill the fuck out.
1: If you couldn't already tell, the Art Season Beats podcast doesn't have any sponsors, but we want them and we want followers and we're not above trying to get people to follow us by any means possible. So follow us on our socials, please. Pretty please, pretty please. Keep listening and send us interviews you think you'd like to hear from anyone. Yeah, anyone in the Valley of the Sun. We'll be back every single week with new content that's probably way longer than it should be, mumbling and musing about a lot of bullshit that, frankly, nobody wanted to hear, but we're going to talk about it anyways. We'll see you next week.